Welcome to Health Media Now with award-winning author and host, Denise Messenger, for a lifetime of health empowerment. Live by being in the pink, meaning P stands for being persistent, I stands for using your intuition, N stands for networking, and K stands for obtaining knowledge. Preserve and protect your health by listening live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Our guests entertain and share cutting-edge information. They share with you what may have taken years to achieve through experience in their field. Become inspired and motivated. Reach your full potential with fascinating tips and products. Receive a lifetime of benefits from authors, doctors, practitioners, healthcare providers, and learn about exciting new products. You asked for it, and we deliver. Now, here's your host, Denise Messenger. Hello, listeners. Happy Wednesday. Today is June 3rd, 2015. I can't believe that we're halfway through the year already. Time just flies when you're having fun. Today we're going to be talking with Dr. Kutan, and he is going to be enlightening us about nurturing our minds, our bodies, our souls. And then we're also going to delve into um, his most recent book, Happy Executive Systems Approach, Nurturing the Mind, Body, and the Soul, and From a Digital Divide to Digital Opportunity. So we have a pretty wide range to cover relative to the topic today. I'd like to bring him onto our show now. Hello there. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you very much, Denise, and uh, really appreciate you inviting me and uh uh, you are a very accomplished person, and so I'm glad to be in your company. Oh, thank you so. I start the show out by asking my guest, how did you get on the path that you're on today? Well, you know that uh, <clears throat> I have always uh, practiced, uh, you know, the uh, growing up in India, practiced yoga and meditation. My My mother was a doctor, and... When I was five years of age, I remember my mom won't let me eat breakfast until I do my yoga and meditation every morning. My dad was a former captain of the Indian soccer team, and he wouldn't let me eat my breakfast until I work out, do my uh, exercise. So I started really enjoying it uh, since my early childhood. It kind of stuck with me all my life. and. Uh, Pretty much, uh, I have done yoga and meditation and uh, cardio workout every day. Uh, an interesting point is that I have stood on my head pretty much seven minutes a day ever since I can remember, you know, <laughs> uh, which is which is very, you know, it's a, it's a yoga, you know, you know, the shirshasana or standing on your head. And uh, oh, yes, I always, yes. uh-huh. I, yeah, and I have I have done it in planes and ships and you name it, you know, because I I found it very invigorating and uh, I, also I you know since I was a top athlete and top student and top soccer player when I was, when I was growing up, I realized that uh, a healthy lifestyle makes life a lot happier and healthier. <laughs> uh, so I it really does. Every, 
Yeah, so I practiced it every day. But the key was I enjoyed doing it. In other words, I cannot function without working out 73 minutes a day because right now I'm 73, so I work out 73 minutes. Then I do 15 minutes of yoga and meditation, and I'm good to go. I feel like I can, uh, you know, conquer the world or do whatever I want to do. Ah, that's wonderful. So take us through... Um, how you determined that you wanted to help the disadvantaged, um, whether it was a student or a teacher, an employee or a job seeker? Well, you know, when I was growing up in India, I, uh, one summer I remember I was probably about 12 or 13 years of age, I got very interested in Mahatma Gandhi, you know, the father of India, who practiced the nonviolent <clears throat> uh, uh, principles. I read pretty much anything I can get hold of about uh, Gandhi and his life and his teachings. Uh, that's when you know I kind of realized that you can really make a difference if you, uh, you know, if you. And I also believed that there was, uh, even one person following certain principles can make a difference. So when I got my doctorate from University of Wisconsin in 1968. Uh, I wrote a book called Management by Systems because I started looking at everything as a system. You and I and the President of the United States and everybody is a systems person because we all set goals and objectives, whether it be daily, weekly, monthly, multi-yearly. And then we are saying, how do we achieve those goals and objectives by using all our resources effectively integrating them. So all the resources you have at your disposal are human resource, which is the most important resource. Then the financial information, technology, physical, material, and time. So if you integrate all these resources and uh, you know come up with a plan with all the stakeholders, and then you can implement pretty much anything using a system solution, which usually is a lot better than the piecemeal approaches, and then I was able to apply it, uh, even though I had offers to teach at some of the top universities and also work with the space uh, <clears throat> uh, men at the uh, NASA, I decided to go to Puerto Rico, which uh, which is a territory of the U.S. And uh, since it has both a lot of developed and underdeveloped areas and people, and apply my systems approach. So I went there as a professor trying to help them accreditation for their, you know, the, the uh, engineering program. And, uh, oh, okay. ended up, yeah, and then ended up applying it to uh, not only accreditation for them in one year, they have been trying for 10 years. And then I was able to uh, advise the governor to reduce traffic fatalities by 20% in one year. And then, <laughs> then the president of Venezuela invited me, so I went there and reformed their social security and healthcare system, taking it from a hundred million dollar a month deficit to a surplus operation. And and then, you know, Mr. Gandhi invited me. The you know he was not the prime minister at that time. His mother was the prime minister in India. So he said, well, look, uh, I am a pilot. I don't know anything about management or systems. I read about your work, and what can you teach me on a weekend? I said, you know, being a young uh, professional, 
I said, uh, <laughs> I think I, yeah, I said I can teach you everything they teach at the Harvard Business School on a weekend in terms of the uh, you know strategic management. If you're going to be groomed to become the prime minister of a billion people, you shouldn't worry about the operational management because there are so many smart Indians who can handle it. But you should be thinking about what is the vision for India? What should India look like in 20 years or 30 years? And what resources does India have available? And how can you create a vision and implement the program so that India, India and Indians can compete uh, well in the global economy? That's where, you know, I came up with the idea that India is ideally suited for the information age for three reasons. Uh-huh. One is the English English language. And secondly, Indians, India was producing in 80s, in the mid-80s, about oh, more math and science graduates than any other country. And they can easily be trained wow. in IT. And thirdly, mm-hmm. Indians love computers because I had brought a few Indians to work with me in Venezuela and they did more work than, uh, you know, a couple of thousand Venezuelans working on the project because Venezuelans are gone at 4 o'clock for fiesta time, party time. The Indians would sit there until midnight and the security guards kick them out, you know. <laughs> so oh, okay. <laughs> the idea was, uh, you know, what the advice I gave him is when you become prime minister, if you would abolish all the restrictions your mother had placed on foreign companies, she was kicking out IBM and all the companies. And invite Oh, was she? All, all the, yeah, because she had more of a kind of a nationalistic, socialist concept, whereas okay. uh, he was much more open-minded. So I said, mm-hmm. if you invite these companies back, they would train enough Indians who can then uh, work for people all over the world. So when he became prime minister, he called me and Oh, yeah. When he became prime minister, he called me and said, well, look, I'm going to implement the vision thing. If it doesn't work, I'm going to bring you back here. (laughs) So it worked (laughs) because, uh, you know, I told him at that time that I was then, I had brought the uh, world-famous tennis academy in Florida. Mm -hmm. I applied the systems approach to create three world champions, Andre Agassi, Monica Sellers, and Jim Carrier. And so I said, wow. you know, I'm now I'm trying to help uh, kids to become world champions in tennis, but if you need me, I'll be over there. And luckily, it worked. <laughs> and, uh, you know, now you know that one out of every three IT workers in the world are Indians, you know. Are they? So, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's uh, You know, I kind of joke with people. You can go anywhere in the world. You'll find a Chinese restaurant and Indian IT professional <laughs> because they're all over the world. So. <laughs> All over the world. But that's when, you know, when I sold the Tennis Academy in 1993, I was uh, traveling with President Clinton and Mrs. Clinton and Chelsea uh, to all the inaugural events with my family because my son Mm -hmm. was selected by President Clinton to represent the young Americans at the inauguration. He was 18. He was the youngest university valedictorian, the youngest money manager in the Wall Street. And he also became an All-American in tennis. Uh, the reason I bought the academy was that uh, when he was 12, he was admitted to Johns Hopkins University, but also oh. he was one of, the, one of the top tennis players. So he had this Wimbledon fever, you know, he wanted to become a tennis pro. Oh, my gosh. So I, I, I said, well, your future is with your mind, but if you want to be a tennis pro, you got to go to Florida or California. <laughs> so we ended up in Florida. That's right. And I ended up buying the academy, created the total tennis system, and uh, created two world champions. 
So the oh president was asking what a great the story. Yeah, the president was asking me. He had seen a CBS 60-minute show about the tennis program, and he was aware mm-hmm. of my work with Mr. Gandhi. So he was asking me, you know, what are you going to do next? I said, well, I just sold the tennis academy, gave all my money to the foundation, so I'm going to train a million poor kids. And and the president's response was, well, you better start writing a lot of proposals because to train a million kids, you need a lot of money. But I said, um, Mr. Yes. President, you know, uh, that's one thing I never would do because it's not, I, I don't have a passion for going around asking people for money. But I said I would create... <laughs> I know you like to make I, it, though. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to be like the college presidents, spending all my time raising right. money. I said what I like is really uh, create uh, system solutions and make programs which are self-sufficient, you know. So um, mm-hmm. so we, we actually reached our goal of million kids in 2007, which is three years ahead of our target goal. And now oh I'm gosh. really... Yeah, now I'm really providing, you know, what we think is the best, uh, most cost-effective and holistic STEM education program to poor schools all over the country. So that's how I and got what into will that involve? What? What will the STEM program involve? I mean, uh, well, STEM, STEM what is, what, what's your goal in terms of rolling it out? Right. You see, STEM stands for science, engineering, I mean, yes. techno- science, technology, engineering, and math. Now, right. the pro- the reason I emphasize STEM in schools is because we are outsourcing 5 million STEM jobs now. At the same time, we got wow. 15 million people looking for jobs. And uh, when I talk to yes. the senators and congressmen, they, just, uh, they agree with the concept that STEM should be very important. But at the same time, you know uh-huh. how the Congress works. You know they're far behind. So I, yes. I said, okay, let's yes. let's provide the education for our kids. So we usually only uh, work with uh, the disadvantaged poor schools, which is about 70% uh-huh. of our schools are classified as disadvantaged by the U.S. Department of Education. So what okay. we do is we provide them a total solution meaning that we provide personalized learning by giving them the customized learning courses online in all the subjects. Oh. And, you know, and what I call STEM Plus, because it also includes reading, social studies, SAT, ACT, mm-hmm. IT, business management. So we have 2,500 courses which are considered to be the top-ranked courses by Pearson and SkillSoft. They are the two world leaders. So we yes. give these courses as a donation to any eligible school district in the country. If they go to the marketplace, it will cost them like $250, $300 per course. So mm-hmm. we provide it free. And then we have a team at State University of New York, which, as you probably know, is the largest university in the U.S. They mm-hmm. go there to the school district and work with the director appointed by the superintendent and the teachers and motivating the teachers and the students to create what I call a holistic uh, learning solution in STEM, what I call total system mm-hmm. solution, which includes uh, the personalized learning for every student because kids learn better when you customize learning for them instead of letting these kids sit and listen to the teacher lecturing for, you know, they don't have an attention span more than like 10 minutes. 
so true. We, we personalize learning, then we provide a salary or a stipend for the director. It's a performance-based stipend for, based on the performance of the students, and we evaluate the performance every week. And then we have a learning management system, which allows them to track the student activities and progress in real time, and a mentoring program and a motivational oh, program incredible. and teacher training. But the key I found, I, in fact, when superintendents call me, I tell them that I can have a one-minute conversation with you or I can have a long discussion, depending on how you answer my question. And they ask, what's your question? I said, do you believe in KISS? And they kind of <laughs> taken back, you know. Some of them just probably get shocked. So I said, well, look, I'm not asking you to kiss anyone. I'm asking you if you believe in the concept of KISS which means keep it student-focused, stupid. If you are, every decision you make is based on what is good for your kids, I'll go the extra mile to work with you, you know. Uh, mm. what, what, did, what, did KISS st- what did KISS stand for again? Oh, keep it student-focused, stupid. You know, normally they say keep it simple, stupid. So I keep uh-huh. the simple, simple to student-focused. In other words, every decision <laughs> has to be focused on the students. Mm-hmm, and, and, mm-hmm. and then teacher training and technology. What I found, uh, you know, when people ask me what's the most cost-effective way to improve education in this country, I say motivation. Yes. And motivation yes. to me is the key. And, but the unfortunate thing is we do not, uh, I haven't yet found one school district in this country which has a budget item for motivation. So what we do is we give money to the school district. We'll say, okay, here is $30,000 or $50,000. Get the feedback from the students to see what would motivate these kids to come to class every day and get to the gold level because we place an Olympic board with bronze, silver, and gold in every classroom. Oh, okay. Yeah, so if they spend one hour a week in a subject like math, they would easily get uh, one-third grade-level improvement in 12 weeks. And when they get that one-third grade-level improvement, we give them a license for what is called Minecraft. It's an educational game. The kids are crazy Mm -hmm. about it. It's something you can use to create design and create uh, buildings, uh, rocket ships, uh, uh, parks, communities. And, uh, uh, you know, we had a third grader when I just came back from Steubenville, Ohio, where we gave the uh, Steubenville District an award, uh, the STEM Academy of the Year Award. It's yeah. a 100, 100 percent poor. Uh, the parents are, you know, what they call 100 percent free or reduced cost lunch. means mm-hmm. that all the parents are below poverty line. And we took that school district applying the STEM education system solution from the very bottom last year in uh, in Ohio, in the state of Ohio, to number mm-hmm. one this year. And they became number one. Oh, my one. gosh. And according to Johns Hopkins oh. University's evaluation, uh, they were number one in the country. And 98% of the students reached the goal level and so, you know, so the, the motivation was that, you know, when they get to the one-third grade level, they get the Minecraft. And there was a girl I met there who is a third grader, and she yeah. was designing a whole community with police department, uh, schools, <laughs> <laughs> you name it. You know. it sounds, so I asked, yeah, I well asked that, her. That, um, 
that software program sounds similar to um, what I raised my son with for fun, and it was called Sim City. Oh yeah, that was one of the earliest ones, right? Sim City. Yes, yes. Uh-huh. That has been around, but this is uh, this is really a uh, need because it helps you to develop uh, your critical thinking and problem solving, and also mm-hmm. apply your math and science concept. So I asked the little girl, you know, um, in a third grader, I said, how did you come up with all this design? You know, like, uh, how did you decide where to put the schools, where to put the parks, how much space mm-hmm. would you give it to the... And she created a community online because, you know, in the, in, the program allows you to invite others to join your uh, team. And, you know, one of the team members she had was a professor at the MIT. <laughs> you wouldn't believe it, you know. <laughs> I mean, she was, she, she was applying the same concept like the Silicon Valley professionals, you know. And oh, my she said, gosh. I, I, I said, how did you create all these uh, icons and everything? She said, I went to the YouTube, and uh, they have lessons. So she took these lessons from the YouTube, and then she she would ask the professors or people in her group, you know, how do I do this? How do I create this? And, that is and, phenomenal. And, yeah, it, it's just amazing the potential these kids have, but we don't give them the opportunity. We don't really get them interested in learning. And and oh, I yeah. also believe that distrusting these kids every year is not the best thing to do. So kids, the teachers and the kids and parents, everybody gets uh, focused on tests, whereas a program like this would allow them to meet the, you know, get this, pass this, uh, the test for the state standards. Uh-huh. Yeah, but at the same time, it's helping them to develop their creativity, which is so important mm-hmm. in the 21st century learning. Uh, and, and then what we did there is that we also, I, you know, my ultimate goal, I told them, is to create what I call a STEM community where everybody from, I call it K99, kindergarten through senior citizens, should have uh-huh. the avail- should uh, should have the STEM education available to them. So we opened the program to all of the students, all of the teachers, all of the parents, and then the whole community of ten thousand people. So it uh, we made Steubenville the first STEM community in the whole world in uh, in one year. I now mean, the, the the software. Yeah. The the software. What's the name of it? So our listeners will 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 know. Well, the 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 uh, uh, educational game software is called Minecraft, M I N D C R A F T, and the educational STEM software we use is called Pearson, GradPoint, and uh, for high school students and Pearson, uh, Success Maker for K through eight students. Those are customized learning in math in the STEM areas, and then for the IT business, prefer, you know, um, the management, I we use what a software called uh, Skillsoft, which is the global leader in customizing learning, and the Skillsoft certification includes about 100 IT certifications, which also come with live teachers and uh, 6,000 video lessons. So you can learn pretty much anything from home, you know, whether you want to become uh, an expert in IT security or web design or Microsoft Office, you name it, we have it. You know, I I was um, 
recently talking with a um, a college student, and she told me that in high school she became very, very ill, so she wasn't able to attend school. And she received her high school um, graduation through online um, teaching programs that were approved through her school, and she said she loved it. She was able to concentrate on one topic at a time, and I'm, you know, we're in uh, California, so I don't have a clue what that program was well, or even you know, where there it came are, from. There are a lot of online courses now available. You know, so many of them are free courses too. Uh, the advantage mm-hmm. of online learning with uh, what the what we call blended learning we provide is when you are in a course, you have a live teacher available to help you. So if you have mm-hmm. a question, immediately there is help. The, the advantage mm-hmm. of online learning over classroom training is that you can sign on anytime you want. You have access 24 hours a day. Now, if you don't master mm-hmm. a concept, you can go over it again and again and again and until sure. you master the concept. And then whereas in the classroom, if you're lost when the teacher is uh, teaching, then you probably get 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 left behind. Yes. So studies studies show that the blended learning is twenty five percent more effective than classroom learning. Wow. Uh, and and also, you know, my belief is to have a holistic education program, you have to bring all the stakeholders into the equation. You know, not only the students are our focus, but teachers you have to motivate the teachers, parents uh, the administrators. Yes. yes. So yes. that's why we provide free training for the teachers and the parents because when they get involved, uh, they obviously would make more money with better skills, but also they become role models for the, the students, especially in poor communities. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think they yes, probably they have really, the most. Where they yeah. really are disadvantaged. Yeah, we probably have the most cost-effective program because, to me, again, it was creating a system rather than looking at mm-hmm. all these piecemeal, mm-hmm. piecemeal solutions because most school districts work by getting some funding for training. Then they'll go out and try to get some funds for computers, you know. It's all piecemeal sure. solutions. But whereas we, our focus is we, when we look at learning as a system, what we are saying is that in any learning system, the admitted students are the input into the system, right? If yes. Why do you admit a student into a fifth grade? Because you are assuming that student met the requirements uh, to acquire the skills at the end of the fourth grade. And then mm-hmm. you put mm-hmm. them through the system, they come out as the output of the system or graduates with specific skills, and in some cases values in the elementary schools. And so mm-hmm. what the system is doing is transforming the admitted students to graduating students, and we call it by through a system called PSL MMTT, the one I explained, personalized learning stipends for the teachers, yes. uh, you know, learning management uh-huh. system, mentoring, motivation, teacher training, and tech support. So we find it to be very effective, uh, probably the most cost-effective How? program in the whole country. How do you take a successful program out of Ohio and and literally um, adopt it into other states well, without you, without a lot well, of resistance from the administration 
of these um, well, you know, the good uh, education program. Since we are funding most of it uh, through, you know, so usually the superintendents are very, uh, well, they're not looking for money to begin with. But we don't Mm -hmm. really give money for specific tasks like motivating teachers, there is X dollars. Okay. Motivating parents, there is X dollars. Motivating students, there are X dollars, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Mm -hmm. and the students Mm -hmm. also receive a a certificate from the state university when they get to the goal level, which really Mm -hmm. motivates these kids because, see, most of our poor kids, the thing they need most is hope, more than anything else. So, when you get a certificate from the state university, the poor kid, the kid goes to home and shows his parents and friends and say, hey, you know, I got the certificate from the largest university in the U.S. That does two things. One, it motivates the kids to, to think mm-hmm. about college. And two, it, uh, you know, helps them to have the hope. Because all this in- income inequality and all the problems we are talking about it all starts yes. with education. As you know that uh, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. you know the preschool is the most critical part. If you want to solve the problems on a long-term basis, you got to have a, the, probably the, you know a very high-quality preschool program, which is accessible mm-hmm. to everyone, not just the rich or you know like that. But, True. Uh, True. But anyway, so you probably wanted to talk about health, huh? <laughs> No, well, I mean, really, this this is about um, the mind, body, and the soul because you're 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 giving hope, and when you yeah, when you in fact, do uh, that, in fact, uh, it yeah, it I'm, makes a much healthier person for the rest of their yeah, life. Yeah, in fact, uh, you know, I'm talking to the uh, Washington D.C. school people about uh, mm-hmm. getting me some uh, in a school building they're not using to set up what I call a mind-body-soul preschool. Because my philosophy mm-hmm. is that if you can teach young kids, three, four, two, three, four-year-old kids, to come to uh, a program which is fun, learning has to be fun, mm-hmm. and then give them the tools to develop their mind by you know, they can do creative thinking projects. Like if you give a kid mm-hmm. some Lego, Legos and say, well, you mm-hmm. know, make them into teams and say, who can build the tallest building? And the kids would start mm-hmm. experimenting. You know, the, the best learning takes place not when you teach, but you let them learn. and You be a catalyst. A good teacher is yeah. someone yeah. who lets the kids learn by doing. So if you know you can easily develop the critical thinking and problem solving for three, four-year-old mm-hmm. kids by giving them mm-hmm. the opportunity to enjoy doing it, like the Minecraft thing I told you about. But you know, for the oh, very young, you I know. Oh, I agree. And, I, and I secondly, totally uh-huh. yeah, go ahead. Oh, well, I was secondly, say that, you um, know, they can they can learn to nurture their body the same way the adults mm-hmm. struggle. But at a young age, like I did, you know, when I learned to eat healthy and do physical activities I wanted to do, why can't yeah. why can't we have the kids do that when they're three or four? You know, they mm-hmm. they can figure mm-hmm. out what is the healthy food they can eat, what's the uh, what kind of uh, physical activities you can do, and then nurturing the soul. You know, you can let the kids work in teams, practice love, love, compassion, caring. You know. So all the things we need to be healthy and happy as adults, you can really have these kids learn without any uh, effort. 
because kids learn by osmosis mm-hmm. you know they can it's like learning language you know you put a kid with a uh, uh, you know you put a an american kid who speaks english who doesn't speak any spanish with a couple group of spanish speaking kids within a week or two they would be speaking spanish because mm-hmm. they learn mm-hmm. by osmosis whereas we adults learn by translation you know if i want to mm-hmm. say what is your name then i have to think about case to nombre you know <laughs> whereas the kids don't even know that they're learning you know <laughs> so it's uh-huh. uh-huh so you know the reason yeah. i wrote the book is because you know i was getting a lot of requests from people especially in india yeah young executives who are uh, getting stressed out and they were also um, you know getting the uh, pre diabetic rate was shooting up 15% a year so wow. people were asking me for advice since you know i'm 73 i've never missed a day's work in my life and i work out mm-hmm. 73 minutes a day i do 15 minutes of yoga and meditation and i generally work 12 hours a day pretty much 7 days a week because i enjoy what i'm doing you know because people mm-hmm. always ask me you could be out there playing tennis i said well look if i spend an hour and it makes a difference in the lives of couple of hundred poor kids what better uh, thing can i do with my mm-hmm. time you know other than spending mm-hmm. time with my family you know uh sure. so that that's the reason you know i wrote the book and and the and the simple advice i give people if they want to be consistently healthy and happy is number one find mm-hmm. passion in, in find passion in what you're doing because passion is mm-hmm. like the fuel for the rocket if you don't have fuel you can't fire the rocket and if you don't have passion mm-hmm. you cannot really do anything on a long term or consistent basis so you got to find right. something you're very passionate about secondly when you go to bed at night ask yourself three simple questions one did i nurture my mind meaning did i always think positively and creatively because you know that people get stressed out when they see a problem and why do you have yes. a problem because you're trying to accomplish something and you're getting frustrated right that's what is causing mm-hmm. the stress so my philosophy is whenever you see a problem welcome the opportunity because it's an opportunity to come up with a creative solution so in you know yeah. apply your system thinking which is organized common sense you say okay i have a problem or we have a problem if you are with your family or with your colleagues at work and you say okay we have a problem because we are trying to accomplish something let's define clearly what is that we are trying to accomplish what are the goals and objectives we want to achieve and then look at all the available resources the human financial the ones i told you and then say mm-hmm. well how do we integrate these resources and come up with this plan we can all implement together you know it could be a family problem it could be a professional problem and and then what you are doing essentially is transforming the negative stress from the problem into positive energy and it becomes mm-hmm. an enjoyable experience you know uh, i found mm-hmm. it all my life you know and i i mean like everybody i have also faced problem but i don't dwell on the problem and i don't worry about it but i always come up with a better solution and looking back i always found that it helped me a lot more than if i would have just tried to worry about the problem and 
uh, and uh, become negative mm-hmm. because when you when you become stressed out the negative stress like is like an avalanche which takes you down and down and down <laughs> whereas when mm-hmm. you change that to positive energy it takes you up and up and up so i mm-hmm. found that critical thing and and you know even when you apply it to large systems like uh, when i was in venezuela you know i saw people lining up for a whole day to collect their pension every month and i told the president doesn't oh, make wow. any sense you know it doesn't make any sense it's mm-hmm. a waste of time and, and so uh, they came up with a solution they asked me if the president would approve a billion dollars they can quadruple the number of offices and reduce the waiting line Mm-hmm. And I to- I told them president tells me he has a deficit budget. <laughs> he can't come up with a billion dollars. So when we brainstormed with all the key people, we came up with the solution, why don't we distribute the pension through banks? And it totally eliminated oh. it totally eliminated the lines. People can walk oh in God, within 5 minutes, right. but they had to show their ID. So what happened was uh-huh. that the pension pension payments went down a third because a lot of dead people were collecting pensions. And of course, oh, you know, one of the, one of the side uh, side side effects was that they had to put security on me because they, I was getting death threats. You know, uh, oh, I had no. to send my family back home, and I had to stay. I told the president I'll stay and uh, finish the project because how often in your lifetime you get an opportunity to make a difference in the lives of every person in a country. So That's I stayed true, there. Yeah. And, yeah, I stayed there and finished the project. But you know, again, you know, it's creative thinking, uh, out of the box thinking. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times we don't realize there are so many other solutions out there. But most people are very process-oriented uh, uh, solution providers. They think in terms that they can't think out of the box because you know our education system. Well, that's, system that's because our that's well, yeah, that's because our education system has set it up that way. Right, and also and, you have and to then realize the one, that. Uh, yeah, yeah, you have to realize that seventy uh, percent of our come from inner cities and all come from single mother homes, and the poor mm-hmm. mom either is working two jobs or she is looking for a job, and then she comes home and she says a prayer, hoping the school never calls because a call from the school means okay, there's a problem, right? So there is no uh, creative thing taking place <laughs> in the house or in the school. And it's kind of a tragic situation, but, you know, the good thing is that the the kids who can afford, you know, I tell the school superintendents when they call me, I say, well, look, I'm not worried about the affluent kids or the middle school, middle income kids, because their parents have the resources to get them uh, the opportunities to learn uh, and be creative and uh, and get better, better scores and all that stuff. But it's the poor kids I worry about because they, well, you know that the, you want to hear one of the statistics which is frightening. See, mm-hmm. when, and, and a, a poor baby from birth to age four from a poor family get exposed to 3.5 million words a year. And an affluent kid or, you know, middle-class kid from a middle-class family get exposed to 11.5 million words a year. So by the time these two kids get to be age four, the affluent kid has about three and a half times as many working brain cells as the poor kid because your brain cells die away if you don't use them. 
And so what happens? It's like having a computer with four times, three and a half times the memory, right? <laughs> so it's like running a mile race with a half-mile handicap. So you are trying to catch up the rest of your life, and that's what these poor uh, children are facing. Oh, that's with. sad. That's and really it's sad. very sad. And in fact, that should be the, one of the biggest, best investments this country can make, is invest in the preschool and provide high-quality preschool education for mm-hmm. all the kids. And if we can do that, wasn't, I don't um, I think... Yeah, go ahead. Did, wasn't, um, didn't I hear something within the past year where our president of the United States was uh, talking about um, paying for preschool education? Oh, yeah, the president wants to do it, and uh, he also wants to give uh, free education for everyone in the community colleges. I mean, but the Mm -hmm. problem is that you have to get it through the Congress, and the Congress is so political. They're not looking at, you know, if you ask ask any congressman, I talk to a lot of them, you know, uh, and ask them what is the vision for America, what should America look like in 20 years, most of them can't answer that question because they have never thought about it because, you know, the moment they get elected, they're raising money for the next election, and they have no time to think about about the people or the country and what should the country look like. You know, it's a thing I told Mr. Gandhi. I mean, don't worry about uh, your politics. Think about what should India look like in 20 years. Yes. And, you know, at that that time... Yeah, I told Mr. Gandhi at that time that, uh, you know, the next few decades are going to be dominated by IT, information technology, which came out to be true, Right. Now I tell the world leaders when I talk to them, I say the next four decades, uh, next few decades are going to be dominated by what I call four T's, T's and Tom, meaning IT, which which still will, would be dominating, because you see all the developments coming out of uh, Silicon Valley, you know that, and then BT, biotechnology. See, the biotechnology is moving at such a fast pace. Now you know that programs at Mayo Clinic or Johns Hopkins University, they can put you through a whole scan and uh, not only diagnose the problems you have in your body, but they can also link that with the genetics and and predict what kind of problems you could face, you know, like the cancer mm-hmm. research. You, you know, you're very familiar with that, so you know that sure. uh, a lot more than sure. I do. Uh, so the technology, the biotechnology is uh, progressing at an accelerated pace. And then you have the uh, food and water technology. The, one of the biggest problems I think we can we would face, uh, the humanity is going to face, is water shortage. Yes, you know, for yes. example, the Himalayas, which supplies water to a uh, lot of the rivers in India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, China, uh, and, uh, you know, what they call, uh, <coughs> used to be called Burma. So all of these countries, which is about 35 to 40 percent of the world's population, right? All of mm-hmm. these countries are depending on water from the Himalayas, and the Himalayas glaciers are melting at the rate of a few feet every year. So which means in wow. the next 20, 20 years there could be huge floods in these uh, rivers. But after that, you're going to face tremendous, uh, you know, uh, shortage of water because not enough water is coming mm-hmm. into those rivers. Mm-hmm. And imagine, you know, 10 million people looking for water and dying of water could be a catastrophe. That uh, the world yes. is, uh, is something, you know, we haven't experienced in the past. 
So I was telling some of the Indian mm. leaders, you should be thinking about the four T's. And, of course, the last T is uh, energy technology. You know, we have to go develop the solar energy and everything to survive because otherwise the fossil fuel would uh, probably drown us. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. the environment is so important. Uh, but anyway, you know, so if people have the vision and if they would set up and replicate the Silicon Valley, which is mainly focused on IT, or the 270 corridor in Washington, D.C., is uh, in Maryland, is based on the biotechnology area. So if they would develop mm-hmm. these four T's around, especially around top universities, then I think uh, we can stay on top of the world for years to come. Oh, let's hope so. Yeah, I mean, there really is do. tremendous potential, and we have the resources. The only thing is the politicians have to get out of the way, you know, instead of causing well, problems. <laughs> you know, the, the career, well, well, part of the problem is we have career politicians. Once a congresswoman or man gets into office, they're there for the rest of their lives. And, right, because they do um, the gerrymandering and all that stuff, right? Well, sure, you know, they, they're with the lobbyists and everything else, and so... It amazes me we ever get anything accomplished. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, well, you know, democracy has its uh, advantages and disadvantages. But when you go to the extreme, like any any system, extreme, Mm -hmm. it's very. So, so uh, in nutshell, (laughs) what what I say in my book is, you know, if you want to be happy, find something you're passionate about, make your work or whatever you do. Do it with passion. And then when you go to bed at night, ask yourself three simple questions. Did I nurture my mind? Meaning, did I think positively and creatively? And the second thing is, did I nurture my body? You can only nurture your body by doing two things. One, eat healthy, right? And two, Mm -hmm. do physical activities you enjoy doing. And, you know, what I tell people is, look what your body is doing for you. That billions and trillions of cells are working mm-hmm. synchronously together to keep you healthy yes. and happy. But if the body can do that for you, can you do two simple things for your body? Number one, make sure anything you put into, the, into your mouth is healthy. I mean, you know, you can have tasty mm-hmm. food, which is healthy or uh, nutritional. Uh, you don't have to have, you know, like uh, a McDonald's triple burger with uh, 52 grams of saturated fat, and, and you you know that if you keep eating twice a week, you, your arteries are going to get clogged. No question about it. Right. So you right. you have to eat healthy. You know, in fact, a famous cardiologist called me the other day who read my book. And uh, he said, can I borrow a, one, a sentence from your book, which would save me 10 minutes with every patient? So I said, what do you <laughs> say? He said, you have a sentence there which says that, if you want to be healthy, four away from the four S's. S's in Sam, meaning sugar, because sugar is a killer. You don't need yep, to add yep, sugar yep. to anything, because what sugar does is increase your blood pressure and cause, you know, diabetics, which are two things yeah, you don't yeah. want. And if you want to feel that sugary feeling, because we, everybody is used to eating sugar from childhood because parents do that, and then what you do is you chew your food. You know, any food you chew for about two, two or three minutes, it becomes sugar in your mouth. So 
it's a very very easy way to feel that sugary feeling but at the same time if you want to lose weight it's one of the best things you can do you know why because let's say that you eat your breakfast in 15 minutes so your mm-hmm. brain has built that mechanism or the timing mechanism into the brain right so right. if you are consuming let's say 500 calories uh, in your breakfast Let's say that you start you start chew your food twice as slower as uh, you know as you normally do. So uh-huh. at the end of those 15 minutes, you have only consumed 250 calories, but your brain says you're full. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, so you can that's trick great. your brain into eating less. Uh, that's the best uh-huh. way to lose weight. And instead of going through this yo-yo syndrome of uh, dieting and all these fads, you know. Mm. So if mm-hmm. you chew, chew your food slower, I guarantee you won't lose weight. You know, that's one thing you can do. And then salt. Salt is, there's natural salt in the food. You don't need to add salt because salt especially mm-hmm. increases your blood pressure, you know. and third saturated fat you know there are so many good fats you can eat you know there is uh, nuts are very good uh, you know avocado you have mm-hmm. uh, fish oil mm-hmm. fish uh, mm-hmm. olive oil so why not use those uh, you know good ones you know you have a choice we're not telling anybody not to eat certain things we say choose I the better ones and and then stress you know stress you have to manage you have to learn to and it's something you can learn actually to transform your negative stress into positive thinking and if you uh-huh. do that i think uh, you you know if you say yes to those three questions and the fourth question is uh, nurture the balance between body mind and soul because they're all interconnected it's a system uh-huh. right Well, your mind mm-hmm. when your mind is healthy it helps your body and your soul in That's the same true. way when and uh, and so nurturing the soul is all about uh, you know uh, being loving and caring and compassionate uh, to others starting with your family and it doesn't cost us anything to do that no. especially no. compassion compassion is one word i found very practical very useful in life because what compassion does is it puts yourself in the other person's shoes and mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and and you listen instead of reacting negatively to someone you know a lot of times there are negative uh, people who say negative things or they do negative things but instead of reacting negatively to them listen to them and practice your compassion and say hey johnny you know i think we have a problem not you have a problem we have a mm-hmm. problem you know what that does is johnny becomes your partner instead of acting negatively then he start thinking about hey you know how can we solve this problem let's think out of the box and come up with a solution so which helps you in personal relationships or professional relationships a lot because you work together as a team instead of each mm-hmm. one fighting each other you know and Mm-hmm. and if you look at uh, historically compassion is one word which is uh, always expressed by all religions whether it be uh, christianity uh, buddhism you know in fact buddha uh, non violence and compassion were the two mantras of buddha you know uh, mhm mhm so so if you pra- and then of course the fourth thing fourth question is did i nurture my mind body soul 
a combination, you know. And that's mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. yoga and meditation and all come, because meditation does connect your body and mind. I mean, I have meditated since I was, uh, you know, very young, uh, even five minutes a day. And it's not difficult mm-hmm. as people think it is. All you have to do is uh, sit in a quiet place with uh, with your back straight and, uh, you know, take deep breaths and listen to your breathing. When you start listening to your breath, it's like almost like listening to music. And, and uh, you know, That's take great. your breath, hold it for, uh, and then breathe out slowly. And uh, the, the idea is to keep your mind, uh, you know, free of thoughts. Because, you know, your mm-hmm. mind is working. You know, people don't realize when they get, when they're walking, they get tired, they, they rest their body, right? But mm-hmm. people don't rest their minds at all. Because the mind is going at full speed pretty much all the, you know, all the time you're awake. And even when you're sleeping, because your subconscious mind is uh, active. So what mm-hmm. meditation mm-hmm. does is it really uh, gives your mind a rest. <laughs> and the time also out. Helps, a big time yeah, out. Yeah, a time out. And, uh, and people don't realize <laughs> it. And, it's, and, and they think, oh, it's uh, hard to practice. It's not hard if you... But, of course, in the beginning, you know, your mind starts wandering, but then you have to find a way to bring it back. Uh, but practice makes perfect, you know, like everything else. Yes, it does. So, it really does. So uh, that's the secret. Uh, you know, I mean, there is no secret. It's all really common sense. But the question mm-hmm. is, once, mm-hmm. you, once you start nurturing your mind, body, and soul, then it becomes so enjoyable that uh, I cannot function without doing this every morning, honestly. <laughs> you know, yeah. it doesn't matter where I am. Yeah. You know, I have done it in planes and ships and uh, everywhere. Oh, my gosh. You know. but, uh, but I enjoy it, you know. When in well, we have been, and all, right. We've been so fortunate to have you on today. Oh, no. We're, no, um, no. Running, out of, it, we're running out of time, but... Why well, it's my pleasure where really, they can yeah. buy your book. Well, you know, it's on Amazon. They can okay. go to Amazon and uh, search for either Happy Executive or search by, by name Apu, A-P-P-U. And the last name is mm-hmm. Kutan, K-U-T-T-A-N. Okay. And then for, for anyone that's in the education field, how, um, if they want to make a difference, how would they contact your organization? Uh, well, before you know that, if they write to uh, write to email me, uh, we would also send a complimentary book. They can read online. Okay. Yeah, they can. And what just, is your email? Uh, it's uh, well, my, you know, they can just email it to courses c o u r s e s at nefuniversity.org. N-E-F. Um, spell, those, spell that out. Oh, N okay. for Nancy. N is in Nancy. E for Edward. E is education, or Edward. F for, F for and foundation. And F is Frank. Yeah. For foundation. At, okay. At so N- courses at N-E-F. University. University. Dot org. Okay. Because, so, uh, you know, the reason I wrote the book, you know, I'm trying to give it away to everyone because the goal is not to make any money, but to uh, mm-hmm. but but to help people develop a better, healthy lifestyle, especially executives, so they can also support poor students if they want to in their communities, you know. 
Uh, I certainly hope so. And the STEM education, they can just go to uh, cyberlearning.org. That's a website. C-Y-B-E-R. Okay. Cyberlearning.org. Yeah, I'm the one who uh, coined the word cyberlearning, you know. I like it. (laughs) Yeah, cyberlearning.org. Yeah, well, you know, because I wanted to train a million people, I decided I can't do it by going school to school, so... I decided to do it <laughs> online, right. and That's so I right. called up Dr. Moore. But you accomplished that goal. Yeah, you I called up Dr. Goal. Moore, founder of Intel, and I asked him, "Can I, try, you know, have courses online?" And he thought for a minute, and he said, "Why not? You know, they're going to use internet for mm-hmm. everything, so you might as well start the online learning." So that's how mm-hmm. I started the cyber learning, you know. But anyway, well, thank something? you so much, Denise, and really appreciate you uh, giving me oh, the time to, thank you so much, to talk Dr. to your audience. It was, it's and been... hopefully, hopefully they benefited. And uh, So if anybody wants a book, they can contact you, and you can send me their contact in, uh, email. Then we can send them Absolutely. the complimentary, complimentary and, um, uh, book. And um, when our show ends, it will go into podcast, so anyone that wants to listen to your show or refer someone to listen to it can get it off of iTunes and then it's also going to be on our website Blog Talk Radio Health Media Now and you have the link as well it was sent to you so that oh, you great. can you know, um, add it to your social media so I hope to meet you someday uh, when I go I would love to, to meet California you. are you in Southern California or Northern California I'm in I'm in Orange County, oh, California. Okay. So that's the southern right. part. Right, right. Yes, please contact me uh, via my email address. I um, okay. would love to meet you. It would be such a privilege. Well, thank you so much. And, uh, you know, uh, if we can work together and help a few people, what better way to live the life, right? Oh, I would love to get involved. Okay. Thank so you if again. you know any schools who need help or something, let me know. I will. I will. You've really got my thinking cap going on here. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Well, thanks again. Okay. Uh-huh. Thanks so much. Take care. Uh-huh. Okay. Bye-bye. Like, bye. Well, listeners, it's been a phenomenal show today. I, um, I'm hopeful that... Um, we can get more people involved with his vision of helping the disadvantaged. Bye-bye for now. We celebrate our listeners worldwide and invite you to contact Denise at www.healthmedianow.com with any questions you may have and follow her on Twitter at healthmedianow and Facebook at Health Media Now. For those interested in an advertising campaign on her show, contact Lisa at knowledgeworkspub.com. Be sure to visit gotcancernowwhat.com for information on Denise Messenger's award-winning book, Got Cancer? Now What?